Hey, what's going on, everyone? You're tuned in to a special Locked On crossover podcast between Locked On the Louisville. I am the host of that. With me is Locked On Bearcats host Alex Frank. Alex, how are you, sir? Dalton, I'm doing pretty good. It's um, it, it's kind of different for me to be talking to really about talking about bowl games this early in bowl season, especially with where the Bearcats have been the last few years. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, the Wasabi Fenway Bowl on Saturday, 11 o'clock Eastern time kickoff in Boston, Massachusetts at historic uh, Fenway Park. Um, obviously, uh, a lot of turnover for both teams, the coaching staff, the roster, so on and so forth. So we're going to try to break down that matchup as best that we can. We'll start out with Cincinnati in the first segment. We'll transfer over into Louisville for the second, and then finally we'll talk predictions, things of that nature. So um, as always, I do want to say thank you all for making both Locked on Louisville and Locked on Bearcats your first listen of the day. Just a reminder, both of those shows are free on all streaming services, including YouTube, five days a week, your teams, respectively, every day. So, Alex, I guess the first question, um, what is your sort of perception of this bowl? Obviously, as you mentioned, not as glamorous as the postseason has been for Cincinnati over the past couple of years. Obviously, a new coach. How much stock are you putting into this bowl? Is it anything more than just kind of bragging rights at this point? I think that's what it mainly is for me, Dalton, is about bragging rights for Cincinnati because the rivalry is back the keg of nails. Personally, I I am putting stock into this. Like, I do really care about this game. And here's the thing, too, It's for for me. I've been thinking about this recently. You know, if if the Bearcats weren't going to play in a New Year's Six Bowl, I mean, how cool is it to play at Fenway Park? As someone who loves baseball and, you know, grew up in what was formal, formerly a baseball town in Cincinnati, you know, you understand, I understand how significant Fenway Park is not only to baseball, but Americana, if you think about it. So it's going to be really cool for the Bearcats to play, you know, on a, on a football field that is now cut into uh, Fenway Park, and I mean, what's really cool is both teams are going to share the same sidelines. I've never watched a football game where that's been the case. So, really interesting there. I mean, I, I, I talked to Russ Heldman, who's my colleague at All Bearcats and Sports Illustrated. He's on Lockdown Bearcats quite a bit um, every week for our weekly conversations. And like, I asked him, "Do people in Cincinnati care about this matchup?" And he said, "No." So, I, look, when you're a program. That has been in the college football playoff the last, you know, in 2021 and New Year's Six Bowls the last two years. This is not where you want to be. This is below expectations. But I do think that the energy that interim head coach Kerry Combs is bringing to the team into this bowl game, I think you'll see a Bearcats team that's going to come out. They're going to play with their hair on fire. They're going to. I can't believe I said hair on fire associated with the Fenway Bowl, but um, or the Wasabi Fenway Bowl, excuse me, I had to put the sponsor name in there. But I just think the Bearcats do care, but do fans really care about this game? I, I would say no. I personally do. A, because I'm a daily Bearcats podcast host. B, because I'm a Bearcats fan. And C, I have a family legacy there. So, you know, 
I care about it. The players care about it. The coach staff cares about it. But, I mean, the city of Cincinnati and the Bearcats fan base, I'm not really sure if they do. But, I mean, I'm sure they would be happy to beat Louisville, you know, in any game. And that's very true. Um, it really just kind of depends on what your thoughts are on the bowl game season or bowl season as a whole. But it's it's extremely historic. I was able to go to Fenway Park on a stadium tour right before the beginning of the regular season. I went up to Boston in early April. Um, absolutely euphoric to, to see that, to see the big green monster, to think of all the legends that played there. And the field layout, it's extremely unique, like you said. Um, having both teams on one sideline is going to be very interesting. So I think it's pretty neat, like like you said. It, it's, it depends on who you're talking to when it comes to what the significance of this game is. But as far as the X's and O's, it's hard to truly um, get a feel for what both teams are going to be like. Number one, factoring the coaching changes into the mix um, with, you know, some coaches coaching, some are obviously not and have gone elsewhere. Um, But also players that have opted out that have entered the transfer portal, so on and so forth. So, Alex, offensively and defensively, um, very quickly, just kind of tell me what you're expecting or if if you don't know what to expect, what you're hoping to see uh, schematically from both the offense and the defense from Cincinnati. Well, how about this, Dalton? Here's who the Bearcats won't have on offense. Josh Wiley, Leonard Taylor, Jaden Thompson, Tyler Scott, Trey Tucker, and there's one other player, Nick Martiner. Six pass catchers not playing on Saturday. Six. And mind you, Evan Prater is making his second career start. Now, it's it's the Fenway Bowl, Wasabi Fenway Bowl, so you're not going to have that many eyes on you. But, I mean, you're going to have to throw the ball to Will Poling, unproven, but I like what he's brought when he's showed out this season. Uh, and then Shaman Mateer, backup, th- third tight end. So what I expect to see is a heavy dose of running. Evan Prater may only throw 15 passes in this game, and that wouldn't I'd be okay with that. Defensively, you're going to have a lot more players that you know. Ivan Pace has said he's going to play – um, I think Deshaun Pace is going to play. Dante Corleone, I don't believe, is going to play. He's out with an injury. Noah Potter, of course, has entered the transfer portal. He's not going to play. I, I, I expect this game for the Bearcats, I, I think that they're going to run the football with Corey Kiner, Charles McClelland. I think defensively they show up. I just think that they're going to take some pride in this game. Is it going to be hard to show it? Yes, because the Bearcats aren't used to playing in a game like this. I mean, the last two years, I mean, there's, there's a lot of guys on this team, Dalton, who have played their bowl games in Mercedes-Benz Stadium and AT&T Stadium. I mean, those are crown jewels of the NFL. Now, Fenway Park is obviously really cool and all, and I, and I really hope they have an amazing experience. But you're not going to see the full arsenal of pass catchers you saw in 12 games throughout the regular season. You're not going to, I mean, you're not going to see a stalwart on the defensive line and Dante Corleone. But I still think you're going to see Bearcats football, which is ground and pound and tough and nasty. You're going to see their identity on display in this game. I do believe that. And 
you bring up a very interesting point, and I have a question that pretty much directly, um, you know, serves as a you know a direct result from that. You mentioned playing in such prestigious, you know, arenas, uh, stadiums, if you will, in high stakes games. Um, do you think that there could be a situation to where there might be some concern that the team doesn't necessarily get up for this game that, or do they treat this game like any other game or does it hold that significance of, you know, a postseason game? You know, I feel like it's a fair question to ask when you go from playing in very prestigious games to this year, it's okay. Well, it's the Wasabi Fenway bowl at 11 o'clock early in the bowl season on, on a Saturday morning. Is that an issue or is that a concern that you have with the Cincinnati team or do you think it's business as usual? I think it'll be business as usual because I think what you have to remember is Dalton, the, the man leading the Bearcats in this game, Kerry Combs, the, his first stint with the Cincinnati Bearcats was back when they were first, you know, really becoming a, a top team in the country, 2007 through 2011. And that was at the height of the keg of nails rivalry. Remember both teams were in the big East at the time. You, you I mean, you remember this. Um, so he, he's going to get up and Kerry Combs is high energy all the time. And I think the players are going to feed off of that. And I think that's why you're seeing a lot of hometown heroes stay with the Bearcats, like Justin Wadley, like Mason Fletcher, like, um, there's another hometown hero that I, I know I'm missing, but like Luke Kandra commits, he's from Cincinnati, um, I mean, you're, I think what you're seeing with Kerry Combs is he's kept this program afloat for the last really two and a half weeks, three weeks. So to me, I don't think the Bearcats will have an issue getting up for this game. I mean, it is different because the last time they played in a non-New Year's Six Bowl game was when Luke Fickle was still really building this program in year three. That was in the Birmingham Bowl. Um, but I think playing in Fenway Park in Boston – I think you're going to be able to get up for it. Now, me personally, full disclosure, I'll be on the beach in Tampa Bay, Florida, um, because I'm going to the Bengals-Buccaneers game this weekend. So I might have trouble getting up for it. I, I don't think I will. But by the time 11 o'clock rolls around, I'll be at the bar with a, a drink and, a you know, what, some some wings, some burgers. You know, I, I'm more about the food than I am the, the drinks. But I just need a water and I'm good. But. No, I don't think the Bearcats will have an issue getting up for this game, Dolan. I think because of Kerry Combs. Because we remember, you and I both, the Big East days, the keg of nails. Kerry Combs was on the Bearcats staff. Well, now he's the head coach, and the interim head coach. And this, Dalton, to me, I think a storyline that it has been talked about, but yet maybe hasn't. This may be the only game that Kerry Combs coaches as a head coach of the Cincinnati Bearcats, you look at you look at his timeline. He has never been a college head coach. He's been the head coach at Green Hills, Lakota, Loveland, and Colerain. That's well documented. But never at the college levels he's been a head coach. This is his one game. He's going to put everything into it. If I if I if I had to predict, so. To answer your question, no, I think Cincinnati will be up for this game. 
I got you for sure. And that's a good, um, good pulse on what to expect from the Bearcats. We're going to now transition over into the Louisville side of things. Uh, before we do that, we're going to talk about our friends over at NHTSA. Look, you're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks. A few becomes a few too many as the evening comes to an end and people start to head out. You think of calling a ride, but now you think you, you live nearby, so you can make it home okay. It's no big deal. What are the odds that you get pulled over anyways? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up. You lose your license, your job. No, I mean, you could definitely uh, affect, um, you know, make an effect bigger than that. You can obviously kill someone, totally your car, so on and so forth. You can ruin a life. You can ruin your life, so on and so forth. Everyone knows about the risks of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that still doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. So if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, think again. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a new ride or to get a ride, not a new ride. It only takes one minute, one mistake to change your life, change someone's life forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. At this time, I want to say thank you all for making uh, both Locked on Louisville and Locked on Bearcats your first listen respectively every day. Just a reminder that uh, there is a new opportunity out to make your second listen. That is Locked on Sports Today from the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. So continuing right on along in this special Locked On crossover podcast between uh, myself, Locked On Louisville host Dalton Pence, and Locked On Bearcats host Alex Frank, just got done discussing Cincinnati. Um, now it's Louisville, so... Alex, I'll give the floor to you. Direct the conversation any way you'd like. I'm here to answer as much as I can. Well, uh, there's obviously a lot of questions I have about Louisville because I feel like they're in. I mean, it, this is what's so unique about this matchup because Cincinnati hires Scott Satterfield. And this was obviously a few days after the Wasabi Fenway Bowl was announced. Louisville goes out and gets Jeff Brom. I don't think. Is that, a, is that not a surprise to people around Louisville, Dalton? Because, like, I kind of get the sense that that's what was going to happen. Yeah, uh, Jeff okay. Brom's name, Brom's name had been thrown out there ever since you know Scott Satterfield got hired. Uh, Brom initially turned down the job in 2018. There were some rumors after last year that Brom was in the wings waiting, and uh, now um, obviously he's the guy for the job. It once Scott Satterfield announced that he was leaving, um, there was one name that everyone focused on, and it never got past that name. Okay. So is he coaching on Saturday in the game? He is not. So um, the interim coach is Dion Branch, who uh, played for the New England Patriots, um, former, Super Bowl, former Super Bowl champion, uh, former Louisville Cardinal. So he is the interim coach. There is a lot of coaching turnover, obviously. A lot of coaches are joining Satterfield up in Cincinnati especially on the defensive side of the football. So you're going to see a lot of quality control assistance, um, you know, stepping into on the field coaching roles. So um, as far as what we're expecting to see from this team. Uh, so. Yeah. I was going to ask you like, what can we expect to see offensively and defensively from Louisville in this game? Yeah, so I think defensively is probably easier to predict. Um, you have a lot of your guys that are like Cincinnati playing in this game, Yasir Abdullah, Yaya Diaby, um, so on and so forth. Um, I believe that um, – let's just make sure. 
yes, Momo Sonogo and Monty Montgomery, senior linebackers, are playing. The only uh, notable defensive starter that is out is Katrell Clark, who um, opted out to plan for his pro career. Um, so defensively, I would still expect Louisville to try to uh, feed off of the pass rush to continue to bring the house. Obviously, no Brian Brom, uh, no Derek Nicholson, um, you know, no Wesley McGriff. I'm not even sure if there is outside of maybe Mark Ivy, who's the defensive line coach. There's not many defensive coaches left. Um, I think that you're going to see a team that is tr- will try to um, utilize the pass rush. Obviously, if Cincinnati opts to run the ball the majority of the time, they're going to have to uh, make sure their tackling is on par. Offensively, it's going to be hard to predict. Uh, no Malik Cunningham, um, you know, no Tyon Evans, no Travion Cooley, no Jalen Mitchell. So the top three running backs coming into the season are no longer with the program. So Jawar Jordan is the starter, former Syracuse transfer, who had a really good end to the season. Tyler Hudson, 1,000-yard receiver, announced on uh, Wednesday that he was opting out to prepare for the draft. Um, so not a lot of um, players in the wide receiving core, but Marshawn Ford and the majority of the offensive line outside of Luke Kandra um, will be back. So I would expect that Louisville tries to – Utilize the short game, um, try to build off of the run. Jawar Jordan has been very, very solid uh, against some good run defenses in NC State and Kentucky, so they're going to look to try to establish the run first and then try to build Doman's confidence up with um, you know, some short throws out in the flat, intermediate routes. This isn't going to be a game that Louisville's going to stretch the field and throw for 400. Um, I think that Louisville's possibly going to struggle offensively, so um, I truly think that this could be a defensive matchup. Give me a sense of how Louisville is treating this game because I know we talked about it with the Bearcats in segment one. They're playing to win this game, but give me a sense of Louisville. What, how are they approaching this game? I mean, I think it's pretty similar to how uh, Cincinnati fans view it. Uh, doesn't ha- doesn't necessarily hold a lot of weight for the future. Obviously, it's great for bragging rights. Um, you know, the city of Louisville loves the Keg and Nell's rivalry, so they definitely want to win this game. Winning a bowl game is winning a bowl game, and that's pretty solid. You know, hopefully, giving some momentum heading into next season. But let's face the reality: um, everyone is excited for the Jeff Brom era. Um, even if the Cardinals were to lose this game, they could get blown out in this game. And I think that um, it really wouldn't affect morale a lot. I think Jeff Brom has this program buzzing. I think the fan base is extremely exciting or excited. Season ticket sales are going through the roof at the moment. You're bringing a legacy coach home, so which is pretty uh, to be expected. So I think that there is obviously a – focal point to win this game, uh, especially for the guys on this team. There is, you know, a lot of these guys like Yasir Abdullah and Yaya Diaby, I feel like probably are playing this game to, um, you know, try to get those bragging rights. You know, how Scott Satterfield left wasn't the greatest way to some players um, and how unexpected it was, but that happens across the country. I think that a lot of these players, if Scott Satterfield was coaching this game, they wouldn't be playing, but with him gone, I think that it's it's one last uh, hurrah and, and trying to ride off into the sunset, you know, preparing for professional careers on a high note. How about that? So, I mean, both teams want to win this game for bragging rights. And, I mean, when you say the name Dion Branch, I mean, that's not, that's not just any other name. I mean, that's a former Super Bowl MVP mm-hmm. that we're talking. And, by the way, how fitting is it that he's going to be coaching this game in Boston where he obviously with some incredible performances – 
uh, in the playoffs and in the Super Bowl with the Patriots. Um, coming up, we'll get into um, our expectations for this game, which we've already kind of touched on already. We'll get our score predictions in. But first, I'm here to tell you all uh, that this episode of Locked On Crossover with Dalton Pence, Locked On Louisville, and yours truly, Alex Frank of Locked On Bearcats, is brought to you by Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from pro football to college bowl season to basketball and the World Cup. We've got it all at BetOnline.net. Right now you can go and see that the line has dropped. Cincinnati now only a one-point underdog. Louisville a one-point favorite over under at 39 and a half. That's a low, low number. But you can go there. And if you love sports podcasts, you can even find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. All right. Are you take the guesswork out of the home buying process and hire a professional real estate team with a track record of success? Debbie Wexstein Frank is a realtor with Coldwell Banker Heritage. And Steve Maloney is a lender with First Community Mortgage. They will be there to help you every step of the way. Debbie and Steve are both long time. Let me rephrase that. They will be there to help you every step of the way. Debbie and Steve are both longtime Miami Valley residents who have helped hundreds of people, hundreds of people just like you find the home of their dreams. Call Debbie right now at 937 672 3942. That's 937 672 3942. Or visit Team WEC. Dot com. They will be there to help you every step of the way. All right, I, back I on one of the Wasabi. Into, I'd love to buy a home. That was a great, my man. The way, the way you did that, uh, that was fantastic. Kind of makes my me man. want to check that out, and I don't even live in the area. <laughs> hey, we're all. I mean, hey. Let me ask you this: Are are you a Bengals fan? I mean, who who do what NFL team do uh, Louis? What do, what do you call yourself, Louisvillians? Louisvillians. I I don't really think we have a true name. Um, okay. A lot of Louisville natives are Cincinnati fans. Uh, Bengals, yes. Reds. Um, I have a, a weird fandom. Um, so full disclosure: I am an Astros fan, Uh-oh. which will will get me a lot of flack. But I am a Chargers yeah. football fan. So if anybody tries to tell me I'm a bandwagon, get out of here. No. So um, I, I, no I don't mind. I like Joe Burrow. I like Jamar Chase. Right. Um, so I don't really have an issue with uh, Cincinnati. Well, no, I'm, I, I'll never call a Chargers fan a bandwagon. I mean, you think about what they went through in San Diego. You think about the move and then they're moving to L.A. And they're now essentially irrelevant in the second biggest sports market in America. Now, I mean, I do love me some Justin Herbert. I, I respect him a ton. I think he's a great quarterback. I think he's a great leader. I think he's a great competitor, tough competitor. Um, it's interesting because I, I think a lot of us last year thought that Herbert Burrow was going to be a rivalry. But the problem is, Dalton, and you can, I'm sure, agree with me on this, the Chargers play in a division that is owned by the Chiefs. They also have a 
a bad history of injuries and a coaching staff that doesn't yeah. put the players in the best posi- position to succeed. But regardless, that is a story for a different day. Tomato, tomato. Potato, will Dion tomato. Branch go? Will Dion Branch go for it on fourth and one from his own eighteen on Saturday? <laughs> well, uh, it depends on uh, what's the uh, what's the context. But Alex, the main question here, um, you know, I-, I think the line has moved pretty significantly. With um, yeah. honestly, I think it's the the roster turnover offensively for Cincinnati is causing a lot of this move. Uh, you know, you read the line. It's pretty low for a college football game. I fully expect this one to be a defensive matchup. Um, in your opinion, what is the your main key or keys to the game for Cincinnati? And, and in your opinion, is this a game that Cincinnati wins? I think they got to run the football first and foremost because you have an inexperienced quarterback who's playing without six of your top pass catchers. So that, to me, stands out. I think special teams is going to be a key in this game. Mason Fletcher, first-team all-conference in the American, um, big honor for him. So I I, I think it's going to be, like you said, a, a low-scoring game. I think that plays into the Bearcats' favor. And here's – Dalton, the thing about the Bearcats season that stands out to me is they didn't score above 30 points in their final seven games in the regular season. Last In 2021, the Bearcats had, I can, I can name them off the top of my head, and, and one of them was at Notre Dame. One, two, three, three games in the entire regular season in conference championships. That's 13 games where they didn't score above 30 points. Just three games. This year, there were eight where they didn't score 30 points. That right? Yeah, eight games. And I and there was a lot that contributed to that. But I think if they run the ball, which I think they were better at for sure in their final two games, I think if special teams with Mason Fletcher and Ryan Coe, I mean, a problem with Cincinnati is that – they had struggled with kickers. I mean, I, I don't mean to make this show about kickers, but Ryan Coe had a tremendous second half. And so, and not only that, Dalton, um, I can't believe I didn't say this, but Mason Fletcher named special teams player of the year in the American. So not only do you have a first team all conference, a special team player of the year. Could this game come down to that? Maybe. But I'm saying run the ball, special teams. Is this a game I think Cincinnati wins? Yeah, I'm going to pick them to win. I, I, I mean, the over-under is, what, 39 and a half? I mean, I'm going to sound really, really interesting when I do this. I'm going to take the under and say 17 to 14, Bearcats win. I don't know how they do it. Maybe a game-winning touchdown, walk-off field goal, but I'll go 17-14. Yeah. um, I think to flip the script and essentially answer the same question on my end from a Louisville perspective, I think that it's going to be low scoring. Um, I think that it's the same key to the game, running the football for Louisville. Um, But it's not necessarily an indication of – 
you know, how depleted the wide receiver room is because there still is talent in the wide receiver room. There's just a lack of depth. Uh, Marshawn Ford's a very good pass catcher as well, one of the best tight ends in the ACC. You have a good offensive line. Louisville's offense all year long has struggled. Even when Malik Cunningham was fully healthy, Louisville did not do a good job of passing the football. Now, Brock Dolman has had some success. Um, now, granted, it came against Virginia. Virginia was one of the, um, you know, worst teams in the ACC. Doman struggled against NC State. He struggled against Kentucky. Um, I think that this is a game that, you know, he's not going to have to light the scoreboard up. But I think that, you know, he's going to have to do enough to win the game. But I think that, um, you know, establishing the run will allow him to at least spread the field a little bit, keep the Bearcats defense honest. Um, in terms of a prediction, as much as I want to say that Louisville's going to come out on top, like I think about Cincinnati's, um, you know, numbers on offense, what they're missing. But then again, I think that their defense still is return is returning a lot of their solid production. Uh, it's tough to it's tough to look at. And Louisville's not the greatest rushing defense, uh, but they do bring back their defense. I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna say, screw it. I'm going to be a homer. I'm going to say Louisville 20, Cincinnati 17. Would it surprise me if it was the same exact score but flip the result? No. I could see either of these teams winning. It's just hard to get a gauge because you lose a lot of the coaching staff. Bowl games are a different animal. Uh, There's a lot of roster turnover, so on and so forth. But regardless, Fenway Bowl, the Wasabi Fenway Bowl, I should add, 11 o'clock Eastern time. Uh, 11 a.m. Eastern time kickoff in Boston, Massachusetts at Fenway Park. I'm Dalton Pence. You can find me at dpence underscore locked on the Louisville. Your first listen for all Cardinal fans. Find us on all streaming services, including YouTube and WHAS 11 plus. Alex, before we get out of here, do me a favor. Any final thoughts? Plug us into your social media as well, my man. You mentioned the Bearcats' defense. Ivan Pace playing in this game, unanimous first-team All-American, named All-American by numerous um, sports publications. Um, that could be obviously a big player to watch. As for me, Lockdown Bearcats at Twitter at Lockdown Cats. I'm on Twitter at Frankie underscore Natty with two N's and an ATI. You can follow me on Instagram, AlexFrank9 underscore, or email me at Alex3Frank at gmail.com. Thanks for making Lockdown Bearcats your first listen of every day how about for your second listen today make it the lockdown sports today podcast from the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only lockdown can provide lockdown sports today available on this app youtube and wherever you get your podcast hosted by of course the one and only peter Bukowski. As far as this special Locked On crossover podcast, actually the second um, episode that um, Alex and I have collabed on, I appeared on the Locked On Bearcats podcast last week to talk about what to expect from Scott Satterfield with the uh, head coaching job at uh, Cincinnati. So if you haven't, check that out, um, especially for Bearcats fans that are looking to get a feel for how Louisville fans and Louisville media views this move. But as far as this episode, that's going to wrap up this special Locked On crossover podcast. Everyone have a great day. We'll see you right back here very, very soon.